Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I break down a big weekend in professional wrestling with two great guests. New Impact World Heavyweight Champion Brian Cage gives us an exclusive update on what landed him in the hospital after winning the title at Rebellion. Vice President of the NWA Dave Lagana recaps the return of the Crockett Cup. Plus, reaction to the promo Cody Rhodes dropped this weekend on his match with his brother, Dustin, at Double or Nothing. We have a new Impact Wrestling Champion, and it's the Machine, Brian Cage. And he joins us right now, live on the line. And Brian, how you feeling this morning, man? Uh, not, uh... Not as uh, as I planned on feeling um, from talking to you last week. Not at all. Um, yeah, I am the champion, right? Got to be uh, proud and happy about that. But uh, I know I did make a late post last night um, while I was in the hospital, and it it definitely uh, man just just took away from the feeling and moment, and the victory that uh, you know just, just just the overall experience last night that I was really hoping to. Uh, I just hoping to have like that. I mean, look, which is get real. This is this is a big time moment for me. I've been training, busting my entire you know life for, just busting my ass, and, and all I've ever dreamt and hoped about as a little kid, and have this moment. And I said I've never been the man, and like those promos, and it's it's really been um, you know, something I, I've always sought after. You know, Bubba asked me last week, like you know why you've never you know been picked the guy. I'm like I don't know. It's one of the questions. Finally, after so much, and it was finally happening, and it was like. Uh, you know, just just a surreal dream come true, and it's had all these, you know, just vivid like, oh, oh my God, you know, awesome moments to, to share uh, after after I won. I could just see myself walking to the back and being so excited and going to the crowd and having my fiance there and kissing her and just just being so like awesome. This is it, you know, I finally did it, and to be able to barely walk to the back and fall over and be tremendous pain and not know what was wrong or, you know, how, how serious or severe and, and what was going to happen. And if I was, you know, even still going to be the, the, the champion the next night, I wouldn't be able to wrestle anymore. I, I don't know. I, so many things going through my mind. It, uh, it, it definitely, um, definitely killed the moment and, uh, wasn't exa- at all, you know, the, the happy ending that I was looking for. Brian, for, for, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, for those that don't know what exactly happened to you in the match last night. Uh, so I took a Spanish fly off the stage onto the floor and, um, you know, it sucks. So I've seen the clip now too. It doesn't even look like that bad. I mean, you can see I, I, I'm rising in pain instantly, but I mean, I mean, the bump didn't look excruciating or, you know, severely high or, or, or really wrong. I just, I landed just perfect, just right, or just wrong. 
however you want to say it. And uh, I, I don't know. I um, My whole right side, well, lower side, um, just shot with pain, and I felt like I couldn't feel my leg uh, or my foot anymore on the right side. And uh, I felt like there was, like, no strength in there. And I thought maybe, okay, it will just, you know, go away. And it, it, it did, so to speak, because I could start moving my leg, but the, the pain moving and twisting my body or moving my right leg at all was, I mean, out of control. I had no strength in it, and I, I didn't think I'd be able to walk or do anything. And I just kind of made some audibles and, and, and kept going through it and just tried to figure out how we could, you know, make it happen. You know, Brian, watching that match last night and, and after that Spanish fly spot, I could tell you were hobbled a little bit after that spot, but then soon after that, quite honestly, as a viewer, you seem fine. I mean, you know, how can you take that type of an injury? And again, you're saying there's numbness, you don't know, you, you have a lot of things going through your head. How were you able to finish that match last night? Um, uh, I mean, I mean, all part of business, right? With everyone going through it, and I, I was really just because it was such a you know momentous occasion for me. Um, I was just really hoping it would go away. You know, there we had moments in the ring where you get hurt and you know, hurt really bad, but you're like, okay, maybe it'll you know it'll get better. So I just kind of kept hoping it would get better, and after it continuously not getting better, I was like, well, shit, I guess we got to you know just just. Get get through it, and make it happen, man. And I mean, we, we'd already come this far. I didn't want to just stop or give up now. So um, I just try to make it happen the best I could. Did you get a concussion? No, no, not at all. Okay, that's good. What? Tell tell me the minute the minute you 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 realize something was wrong. What's going through your mind at that exact moment? Um. So right away, right when we hit, I'm rolling. I'm like, oh, and I, and I feel like the, the pain shoots down my leg. And like this, I don't know, just a feeling I've never had before in my leg. And so instantly I'm thinking, you know, ruptured disc or, or, or whatever, you know, that, uh, you know, my back's fucked and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to have surgery or something. Uh, sorry, I don't get up on there. But, uh, um, and, and then, okay, hold on. Maybe it'll go away. Maybe it'll go away. Maybe it'll go away. And just trying to enter the ring after, uh, after that moment, and, I, I, and I'm bleeding and whatnot, like rolling into the ring, turning my hip over hip, and trying to get up. They're just, I just felt like there was like no strength there, and the pain that shot down my leg again. I was like, crap. But it, it felt almost a little bit better, so that that, that gave me like, a tiny bit of help. I'm like, okay, well, some movement. I still did that. Like maybe maybe it'll subside here in a second. Maybe you know, it's just like a, a flash thing. Um, and then uh, I think I was in the corner. And they evaded Johnny, and I was trying to move, and there was just no, like, I couldn't. Like, it was, I just felt so slow and not, you know, no pun intended, and so robotic uh, in my manner of movement because of the pain. I just, like, okay, this is this is serious. And, um, again, it's like I just said, opening the interview. Like, I didn't know to what degree or, you know, like, you know, okay, am I going to, you know, am I going to be back surgery now? Like, what's wrong? What's going on? I don't know because I've never had, this type of pain in my back and also that like, you know, that, that felt like nerve related, so to speak. Is the pain completely gone today or is there still a little bit left? No, no. Oh yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's, I'm still hobbling and wobbling around trying to, trying to get around. Um, I, I will say it does surprisingly feel way better than, uh, left hospital when I even trying to go to bed last night. Um, so even, even on, uh, some, some pain meds, but, 
Um, no, it, it's there. Um, it doesn't look like uh, anything severe. It's just not uh, uh, generous. Uh, like, like my lower back, my hip, and my entire butt, too, is all crazy swollen. Um, there's a little bruising, but it's all ridiculously swollen, um, like whatever the COVID process. And so it looks like I just have a ginormous uh, uh, bruise throughout that area on my uh, on my spine and my hip and whatnot. Um, and the the original doc that, that checked me out said it looked like it just swelled up and shot right there on that nerve. And that's why it shot down the pain, down my leg and everything. And because it's so swollen and tight, like it was just your body was just seizing up on you, so you couldn't move it to protect it. And again, because there's so much inflammation in that area and that bruising, um, it made it so that, you know, that that's what made it feel like it was a lot worse, I guess, of an injury than, than it could have been. So, Well, Brian, first of all, I have to thank you for even coming and joining us on the air. You, you, you fulfilled your promise. We talked to you and you said that if you won, you would call us in the next morning. And after what took place, and just a few hours ago, you're in the hospital to make this phone call this morning. We, we truly appreciate it, and, and I'm sure the fans do as well. And uh, But, you know, it sounds from talking to you, though, that you're going to be okay. I mean, I think the fan, your fans want to know that ultimately you're going to be fine and going to be able to get back in the ring sometime soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like I'm, I'm going out. Um, to, uh, to be perfectly honest with that as well, as we sat in the ER last night for, uh, all night long, um, you still wanted to dial in x-rays. But uh, I just found out my first Canadian ER experience, and after being there, uh, for forever, I uh, I, uh, I I voluntarily left to go get uh, X-rays in the states just because it wasn't happening. Um, uh, actually, my my fiance was there with me, and he told me how one one girl uh, was uh, was there for like fourteen hours. So I was like, I would ask that, yeah. And after being checked, I'm like, you know what? I mean, it's obviously hurts, but like, as a guy thinks that it's uh, the way I looked at it, he goes, look. He goes, I think you're, you're going to be fine. I think you just had severe, you know, inflammation and bone bruise. He goes, there could be a small fracture there. He goes, I would like to rule that out. He goes, want me to go there. He goes, however, if it is a fracture, I don't see it being any major fracture. Um, and he goes, and then even then, it's not like you can do much for that. He goes, but maybs just there inside caution do that. Um, and, yeah, after being there all night in the pain, and Mike, I was like, you know, it's, uh, it's not going to heal me which way. I, um, I know, you know, just even if I'm okay, uh, I don't know what I would be, uh, you know, doing relatively, uh, not soon, but, you know, instantly. I'm like, let's just go back, and we still got to go there tomorrow and stuff, too. It's like, let's just get a few hours of sleep, and, um, you know, we'll fly back home, and we'll go get x-rays then. So, and, I mean, I, again, as I said, like, this is the first I've talked about it. I, I literally just woke up before, you know, I even called in with you guys, and uh, I do surprisingly feel... Um, Better than I thought I would be feeling, I guess, so to speak, than, uh, than when I went to bed. But I, uh, I feel feel more like, okay, the original initial assessment from the doctor is, um, is, would be pretty accurate, but I'll still, just in case, go get, uh, get x-rays as soon as I get back to the States. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to keep me out you know, long-term at all. Brian, I don't know if you spoke with anybody or if you got, uh, you know, even during the show, what was the vibe like backstage? you think it was a good show for Impact? you think you guys took a step forward last night? 
Uh, you know what? I I remember talking to you last time after Final Glory, and uh, I don't know. I talked to you after Homecoming. I, I feel like every pay per view since the pay per view last April has been off the charts, and I thought has steadily moved forward. Um, I thought your last pay per view was awesome too. I actually, to be completely honest, didn't get to watch a lot of it, so I can't um, give as fair of assessment as I did the the last several pay per views. Um, I mean, I know. Ever seen real high in the Gale Kim Tessa match and the LAX match? Obviously, yes, my uh, my demeanor and mindset was messed up after my match, and then uh, I was getting taken to the hospital. But I would say overall, it uh, it felt like still another successful day. Um, the crowd seemed hot. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the, the time for, for what it was. Um, I thought the response to, and surprise of Elgin showing up too was great, and uh, and I'm looking forward to see where that's going to go as well. Yeah, because obviously that's going to be the next step when you're back, and Elgin's going to be the next. Looks like the next challenger already for your Impact Championship. Yeah, and that's uh, like I said, that was a surprise, and um, I think Elgin is a phenomenal talent. Um, I've worked with him before. I've tagged with him plenty, uh, and I'm 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 really thinking that's a great uh, great signing by Impact, and that that's going to be some hell of a matches we can have. Brian, uh, how does it feel mentally when you know you've three minutes into the match, you know you're banged up, you know that there's something wrong, and then wrestler's instinct kicks in and you know you got to make it through the match, and then you make it through the match and you win, and there's this massive sigh of relief because you know despite the fact that you're really, really hurt, you made it through, and now all of a sudden Elgin's music hits. How are you feeling at that moment, knowing that anything and everything could possibly go down again? That's so funny you bring that up. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, already, and I wasn't sure you are going this route at first, because it's already, like, exactly, just, just the, like, mentality of, like, how you feel, you're getting banged up that soon, and, like, how many of the match, you're making through it, like, okay, well, you know, it's done, it's over with, and then, yeah, and then he comes out, like, oh, you gotta be kidding me, man. <laughs> Like, I just wanted this to be over. And uh, and I'll tell you what, too. Then, then he comes out. I get that, that, that power bomb, And, like, as, as frightening as that was, it actually what hurt even more than the power bomb was actually threw me off of him. And I, like, rolled over my hip again. I'm like, fuck. Um, and, and then, too, it's, it's almost like now it's all done. So, like, my adrenaline had, like, completely almost cooled off. Like, okay, it's over. And then after that, that bomb, taking no adrenaline, then my adrenaline really cooled off, and uh, and getting out of the ring may have been the next uh, the next worst thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, instantly I was like, oh no, come on, man, I don't I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to take anything else. Like let's just let's just call it a night. Can we can we do this another time? So <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, I mean, at, at least you know, uh, uh, again, I was able to to walk out of my own accord even though it was hard and, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not paralyzed. Nothing, you know, is worse than what it is. So I guess that's the best half full. Well, well, Brian, like Bully said, congratulations, number one. Like you said, you've been working your ass off for this opportunity and now you're the champion. And like Bully said, fantastic showing, great match last night. And then, you know, man, again, I, I can't give you enough credit to call in after this took place and you just, you know, left the hospital and you're in as much pain as you're in to be able to make this phone call, you know, like you promised. And and just congratulations and, and rest up, man. Get get healthy and get well. 
Oh, yeah, thank you guys so much. And, uh, yeah, I know I uh, actually had another interview earlier this morning, too, and I was like, yeah, that one's probably not going to happen. But I was like, look, uh, a little bit later, rest, and uh, I'll try to get on get on for this one. And I was like, okay, we can make it happen. And, yeah, you know, it, and it made a little bit more, you know, connections that was on here last week. And then uh, I said that I'd call in if I'd won. So, and I know a lot of people were, were kind of wondering about me, so I figured that was a decent way to break the silence. I'll just go ahead and talk to you guys. Well, we appreciate it. And, and Brian, thanks again, and congratulations again. And, you know, Brian, we'll talk to you soon, man. Get better. All right. All right, guys. Thank you very much. The Busted Open Podcast. Just a home run by the NWA on Saturday. And the man who's the VP, the man behind those three letters right now, is somebody that we talk a lot about here on Busted Open, and that's Mr. Lagan, the Dave Lagan, and he joins us now here on Busted Open. And Dave, man, pretty successful night on Saturday, huh? Uh, I, I think it's. I talk often about the feeling that we offer as a brand, and I think it hit dead center on what we were hoping everyone would feel coming out of it. Dave, is there anything about the show that didn't go the way you guys wanted to? Uh, it's really hard. I mean, Billy and I were so happy, you know, we were so grateful that, you know, ring of honor, uh, was our partner in the event, you know, Mark Davis and his team turned that arena into exactly what we wanted. You know, we wanted a mix of, uh, Rocky two and karate kid is sort of the set elements, you know, that they work great with us and our team, Maureen and uh, Joe and Greg were amazing just to, to pull this show off in a way that, uh, visually it was great. And, it was a runaway train, you know, wanted to make sure that the show never dragged at any point. And, Bubba, you know, seven seven tag matches on one show is a very high degree of difficulty to pull off in a, a creative sense, let alone just execution, you know, because you have guys working multiple matches, you know, keeping everyone motivated. And I think, you know, I think it was a great story that was told over the night. Plus, it was a great balance, Dave. I mean, you know, we talked about it last week here on the show that, yeah, you want to give a tip of the cap to the nostalgia, and you definitely did that in a big way on Saturday, but you also want the company to move forward, and I think you were able to accomplish both, and that was must have been a difficult task. You know, it's always, and, and hey, I, w- I worked on the revival of ECW, and we all know how that went. Uh, so you ha- it's a real balance to sort of, Again, tip the hat to those who loved it, but also move forward. And I think it's just it's presenting the product that you would want to watch if it was 1986 or 2019. And I think that's what really came out from that thing. And, you know, we have a lot of very passionate people involved, you know, in this project. And it's we always say brick by brick because we know that we have so much more to do. And, and and Billy walking out of NWA 70, he was very happy with the show, but he he wanted it to always be better. And, you know, every day we push to be better. And we have a lot of things we want to work on moving forward with this as well. So you know, we're just very excited where we sit right now. Dave, uh, I heard a lot of feedback on social media that fans thought that Nick retaining against Marty was actually a bigger deal than Nick beating Cody to get the NWA championship back. Would you agree? And how do you think this victory propels Nick uh, into 2019? I think this, uh, we're kind of judging the energy coming off the match. I think it's almost at the same level as the uh, all-in match. You know, Marty's a huge star. You know, Marty, Marty, Marty has this pull to him, and he is, he's in a really interesting place in his career. So for Nick, I think it was great. You know, he, he 
he looked like the guy. You know, there's a moment right right when he's introduced and he's standing there on his introduction and you just go, wow. Like, like he is he is coming to his own considering where he was two years earlier, where we all were two years earlier as a brand, as, as a company, and Nick as a talent. And, you know, for him to get the, sand, the center stage, he doesn't disappoint when he's given that opportunity. And I think that's that's the responsibility he takes with that belt and, and every, every at-bat he does with it. Dave, I mentioned earlier in the show that if you watch an old Ric Flair promo from the TBS days, he always put over the championship and he over always put over the NWA. And that's kind of like a lost art in pro wrestling nowadays. But Nick Aldis, at the end of that match on Saturday, he made sure to put over the company and put over the NWA. That's got to make you proud. Well, it's because he's a partner in this. And I think what we've learned, and I've learned in almost every company I've worked at, the more that you can engage the talents to be a part of the process, the more invested they are because um, there have been perhaps one or two shysters in the wrestling business that have promised something and not delivered. And everything we've promised to Nick and everybody we worked with, we're very clear. We're going to do A, B, and C and and we make sure to work towards A, B, and C. So if someone thinks they're going to get Z, then that's in their own head. So we're very clear with what we want to do. And Nick is uh, Nick's part of the process every day. And, you know, he represents us and just like I'm in Vegas right now, he's representing the company to, Uh, give an award at Cauliflower Alley to Dory Funk. You know, you you can't find somebody uh, better across the board that when when committed to this, he, he, he wants to give back to the business and the NWA. Dave, can you tell us a little bit about the working relationship between the NWA and Ring of Honor and why it seems, and judging by the Crockett Cup, that it's working so well? I think what's good about us is our our thoughts are, are aligned, you know. In, in the business we're sitting, where WWE is such a massive juggernaut, and New Japan is, you know, globally probably number two and, and has done very well in the U.S. Obviously, AEW is uh, poised to start. You know, I think until until the world sees what they're doing, it's hard to kind of judge. You know, a lot of these companies have their own sort of mission statement. But if you look at the values of Ring of Honor and the NWA, they're very aligned as far as traditions you know, execution, building of talent. You know, my relationship with Joe Koff goes all the way back to the day Sinclair bought Ring of Honor uh, from Kerry Silken, and I have a great relationship with Greg. And, you know, I, I, again, I can't say enough how impressed I was with Mark Davis and his team. You know, we, we met back in Concord uh, in January to talk about this show, and, you know, Billy and I met with, with Mark and his team, and every idea we discussed, we executed. And I think that's just a great com- uh, communicative relationship you have with a team like that. And, you know, we're very happy. And, you know, where it goes from here is just like every relationship. You know, I think that the event was successful. You know, both brands were elevated. Marty is, to me, Marty and, and Nick are bigger stars off of that because as sort of the legend of the match grows, as people watch it, they go, wow, that's, that's, that is a, that's a main event. And it's, you know, to find something that people universally go, wow, that's the thing. To get a moment where Jim Cornette is so passionate about a company that he's literally running from the ring. There's a there's a video on Twitter that Jim shared after he introduced the rock and roll. He is running. I got Jim Cornette to run. You know what I mean? Like that's how passionate in the, these two companies. And again, Jim's past with Ring of Honor was uh, it did not end exactly I think how Jim wanted. And for him to be able to come to a Ring of Honor event and have fun like that, that's that's really a, it shows that everybody's uh, goals are aligned in this. You know, Dave, you keep bringing up passion, and I want you to describe the passion of the fans that you saw on Saturday because I think it really came over our TV screens as we were watching, you know, back at home. Describe that passion that you saw from the fans. 
it's, you know, every time we have an event and again, this was only our third live event we've done as a company. Uh, they've all drawn over a thousand each, you know, they've all been profitable. They've all been great, but it's that, that's, you kind of push that aside for a second. And, you know, I posted a photo of this father brought his four-year-old kid, uh, to the event on Saturday. And there's a picture of over the kid's shoulder looking at the ring and, you know, after the father sent a picture of him smiling the next day, wearing the 10 pounds of gold pen. And I sent it to Marty and Nick. I said, you're his flair and dusty. And forever that kid will remember Marty Skrull and Nick Aldis. And like that to me is like the greatest thing we did on Saturday. There were a lot of kids there and, and, you know, to be able to present a brand that is um, a traditional brand, obviously there was some blood and guts, you know, there, there was, there was a curse word or two, but you know, it was, it, to be able to present a brand that, that still works in its values uh, then like to me and then the fan reaction and, you know, it's like, like seeing people wearing NWA shirts now to us is just this crazy thing because, you know, it's the thing that everyone said when Billy and I bought it, what did they buy? And, you know, to see these people come out, we had a guy drive from Tulsa for the show. People fly out from Florida and, you know, to bring back concepts of, of the Crockett cup, like the fact that Jackie Crockett and, and Francis Crockett were there, you know, Jack Crockett was so happy to be there. He said it in our production meeting. He went, he was like poking around the production stuff, like asking questions of the cameramen, like that, like like that kind of energy that we can bring forward from that family and give them a chance to be on a stage again. To me, is something that you just again you can't buy. Dave, when you run into promotional matches, you always run the risk of somebody from another company, you know, taking your World Heavyweight Championship or any championship for that matter. Yeah. And there was, you know, there was the chance that Marty was going to beat Nick and, you know, take the NWA Championship, the Ring of Honor. But we had a Ring of Honor guy beat an NWA guy. So Colt Cabana is now your, your national champion, correct? Yep. Yeah. I mean, Colt's a man of the world. You know, Colt goes everywhere. You know, the Colts ties are very, very much to the NWA. And, you know, it's it's really been a great time to kind of explore with Colt Cabana because, you know, Colt is coming up, I think, on his 10 year anniversary of being back in independent, you know, after his run in WWE. And, you know, I've known I've known Colt all the way back. Colt appeared as a uh, on the Halloween edition of ECW back, I think, in 2007 or 2006. And I've known Scott for or Colt, sorry, Colt for a while. And. You know, to see his passion, and he took that opportunity very seriously. And you know, I believe he's going to bring the belt to the White Sox game tomorrow and throw out the first pitch. You know, he is a great ambassador, not only from Ring of Honor, but the NWA. And, you know, his legacy as NWA champion is something that he is very proud of, but also it was something that he didn't get to really enjoy because of the sort of politics of the brand back then. So, you know, to have, to have an opportunity to represent both brands, I think, is interesting. And, yeah, he'll be defending that title at Ring of Honor events, just like Willie did. And, you know, and he has other events he'll defend. And I think that's really the, the uniqueness of our brand is that it works well in multiple places with multiple characters. You know, it was 30 years that we didn't see the Crockett Cup. I mean, what's the future of the Crockett Cup? Is this something that you would love to see happen each and every year? Oh, I, I, think, I think we show that it has legs as an event. You know, one guy uh, messaged me, well, the, it should have been 24 teams. We'd still be having the event right now if, if we had 24 teams. And, um, you know, I went back and watched. I mean, it was a bear to watch, you know what I mean, all those tag matches. But I think this this event now proved that we can expand it. You know, the uh, the the style of that event is great. And I think, I think as a one-day tournament, I think it has a little bit more legs than – 
you know, I, like I like the Dusty Classic, but the Dusty Classic just covered NXT. I wish WWE would have all, all opened the Dusty Classic to all their brands. And I think we would be very open. Obviously, New Japan and CMLL provided teams. We'd love to open it up wider and, you know, have more classic teams as well. And I think that's what the rock and roll proved, that they could, like, when properly uh, focused, and here they were standing in, in North Carolina with Jim Cornette and the Midnights and, and, and Nikita and Magnum, that these guys still can go when, when, when the bell rings. And so, yeah, I, I think it's definitely going to be an event we move forward with. You know, and it's just next year, it'll hopefully be even bigger. Is there somebody out there that you'd like to see Nick Aldis get in the ring with next? Multiple places. But, you know, I think the really unique one is looking at who's in Ring of Honor and then who's external. And, you know, we got a lot. When the Cody and, and Dustin match was announced, a lot of people started to go, ooh, wouldn't it be interesting? Whoever wins that would fight Nick. You know, and, and we're open to anything. We're, we've, we've proven in the last, I mean, a year ago today, you know, we didn't even have the, the Nick Aldis Cody match to, that on paper that we were doing. So anything's possible and looking where it goes. And, and, and Nick's always said it. Anything is possible where this belt can go. Um, so I don't even have a person, but like, to me, it's whatever the fans want. And, and it's interesting because I think Marty and Nick's story is great. I think the world will one day see a rematch, hopefully. But if they don't, I think they both created sort of a piece of work that will stand the test of time. But I think there's talent in Ring of Honor. There's talents, I think, in, in even the WWE that people want to see Nick against now. I think Nick proved he can main event anywhere at any time with any person with this. Because I think you could say, oh, well, his matches were Cody. Well, that was Cody. Well, no, Nick has proven that he can stand on that stage with anybody. And I think that's the great part is now that he's not sort of tied to any one singular promotion. That him against anyone is not only possible, but would be very good. You know, one thing watching that pay-per-view on Saturday, and I have to thank you, Dave, is is, is the is the use of, of Busted Open. And you guys have given us some great content. To be able to have the champion and the challenger on last week uh, and to see that played out and to hear the passion coming from Nick Aldis on our airwaves, uh, we truly appreciate you giving us that type of access. Well, and, and it goes back to even, I think, an appearance I made with you guys in December of 2017, right after Nick Aldis uh, won the title. And, you know, it, it's interesting, in, in a world where um, everything can be controlled, we like the authentic nature of our world. So what Nick says in, 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 in public is part of our story. And, and how he feels is part of our story. We, we don't try to sort of um, manipulate how people feel we just kind of go with how it feels to be around our brand and so that's why we coined the phrase in december of uh 2017 this is the authentic era because fancy through it and it's what they live and you know they can call bs very quickly and your guys platform has been great i mean i've done this show all the way back to 2010 you know what i mean like i i love the the platform and the and the nature of it and the fact that we can create video content in there i think i mean you guys I mean, LaGreca, I mean, you've been on Busted Open, or I'm sorry, uh, 10 pounds of gold, probably more than anybody that hasn't fought for the NWA title. So, I mean, if, if we can book LaGreca and Nick somewhere, I, I think Nick would love that. And we can maybe, maybe we can get the Crimson Mask on you. Yep. He, he does. You see what I mean? He, Big star. He does Big not, star you've become now. Nick Aldis does not like me. He does. Can, he does can, not I like me. That. <laughs> I can verify that. I mean, like, I say LaGreca and I get the eye roll. It's like, oh, LaGreca. But uh, and then he's like, "How many T-shirts did he take this time?" And I was like, "Well, probably five. So it wasn't five, Dave. Don't exaggerate. 
I do want. Let me guess. You wanted one of those Crockett Cup pins, don't you? I was. I I would love to get one of those Crockett Cup pins. Of course and, and, you. Would. I'm just. Hey, he asked me a question, bully. He asked me. A, I didn't ask him. He asked me, and of course I would love one. Hey, hey bully. What did you think of the new belts? I thought they looked awesome. They looked really, really cool. I, I like them. So, so those belts were um, missing for 12 hours on Friday. So <laughs> the, the, the plan was always, and, you know, I always joke about belt tweets. You know, we ordered the belts, and um, the shipping got a little wonky. And from about 5 o'clock on Friday until 10 a.m. on Saturday, we did not know the location of those belts. Oh, boy. And, they, yeah, then so we had ordered them two months in advance, and, you know, it was it was a very unique week leading up to it. Obviously, with the jazz situation and a few other things, and I think that's what's really, you know, Billy and I talked about. It. He goes, "Well, nobody knows we we're going to announce these titles," and I said, "I know," but like, I knew I knew how passionate people are about them, and the fact that even you know Magnum and Nikita, those were like the belts that they were around, and those are an exact uh, off of the plates of the originals because those belts went missing when. Uh, uh, What's his name? Rick Rude and Manny Fernandez lost the belts. They just went missing, and that's why the, the belts changed. So to have those those old school belts back, but yeah, for about uh, for about twelve hours, we did not know the location of those belts, and it was uh, very nerve wracking. Knowing the type of perfectionist that that Corgan is with smashing pumpkins, I'm sure he's very much the same way with the NWA. How did he feel about the overall event? I think he loved it because uh, we always say like. Like some of the pieces that we put out are not sort of heavy storyline pieces, but vibe pieces. And, you know, like, we, like there was one point on the show, bars came up, uh, like the, 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 the technical director mispunched and it happens live show, live event. And that's part of what it, like, by the way, that's what would a, a 1986 broadcast would have looked like. So Billy was very happy because the overall vibe of the event, you know, the big look of the banners, you know, the bracket board, you know, how the, how they relook billy was so happy with it because i think it's the first time since we've taken over the brand it was exactly what we wanted it to be well we loved it we love what we saw on saturday and we can't wait for the next step for the nwa and dave it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and much success and thank you for everything man it was a home run on saturday we appreciate you joining us today thank you guys we really appreciate it like what you're hearing Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. Cody had something to say about his matchup taking place at Double or Nothing at the end of May in regards to his brother and also had some remarks about people talking about brother versus brother and the prodigal son in regards to his brother Dustin. Let's listen in to what Cody had to say via social media yesterday. And this notion of brother versus brother, of of natural versus nightmare, it's all very marketable, it's all very romantic, albeit not very accurate. What's accurate is that this match is generation versus generation. I am not here to kill Dustin Rhodes. I'm here to kill the Attitude Era. My entire lot, my whole class of peers has been compared to these gilded late 90s through the early 2000s for over a decade, and it's an utter sham. Sure, you paved the roads for us, but gosh, you set the speed markers at 35 because you are terrified of any of us putting our foot down on the pedal. 
You mean to tell me some pissant bodybuilder making every match a no DQ, meandering around the crowd, throwing the jib cam at his opponent, compares with a Kenny Okada match? Or some brawl and panty spectacular can match up with what the women did last September 1st? Or even Dwayne, as electric as it was, rhyming and raising, was it really better than what Punk said sitting on that stage? Wow. Pretty interesting stuff from Cody. I'd say good stuff. Yeah, I mean... Intriguing stuff. I mean, exciting. I mean, you know, you talk about moments that motivate. You talk about moments that get you excited. You talk about promos that sell tickets to an event. I think all those boxes were checked with what Cody did yesterday. Absolutely. Definitely, you definitely want to see it. And listen, it's sold out already. Yes. But it just makes you want to see it more. But as far as his comparisons are concerned, Dave, what did you feel? Think about the comparisons: accurate, not accurate, agree, disagree. I mean, I you know what? I would agree with some of what he had to say. Okay, what do you agree with? Well, listen. Let's start from the beginning. When you know, I, I I'll be honest with you. What really grabbed my attention and got me excited was the comment on Triple H when he said, "Piss ant wannabe bodybuilder." Hello. I mean, uh, you know, obviously a little shot after the shot that AEW took from his speech at the Hall of Fame. Yep. Um, Fired a shot right back across his bow. And you know what? He did it in a way good for him. Because I thought that Triple H's remark, wrong timing. He just that, That was not the time to take that kind of shot. Not necessary. It deserved a rebuttal. And I liked what Cody did in his rebuttal. I was actually shocked at the Hall of Fame to to hear that comment made. I, I agreed with you. Wasn't the right time, place. I, I don't even know what if there would have been a right time and place. Why even do that? You can't do that to a bunch of guys who are proving themselves. When did Hunter ever break away on his own and go sell 11,400 tickets and then come right back and sell 14,500 tickets with his friends in the click. It's true. Yep. You get my point? Yes, I do. It's like Cody and the Bucks did something unique and special. Why are you taking a shot at these guys? Well, not only I, that, I, I, I'm sorry not to interrupt, but not only that, but taking a shot at his friend that's on stage with him as well. I mean, you know, part of DX is somebody who's now part of AEW. It's unnecessary and it makes it awkward and makes it uncomfortable. And you know what? I mean, if if I'm Triple H and listen, Triple H is 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 smart. Triple I I I love what Triple H is doing with NXT. But if you're hearing chants of AEW in the crowd, well, you know how you do something about it? By making people forget about AEW. By acknowledging it and making that kind of remark, that's just adding fuel to the fire, in my opinion. And you know what? You probably would have got a lot more mileage out of saying, hey, Billy, <clears throat> I know where you're going. Um, c- congratulations. Good luck on the re- remainder of your career after we say goodbye tonight. But to say what he said, I mean, Cody's rebuttal was warranted. Yes. So when it comes to shot versus shot, I totally get it. I agree with it. Now... I'll take something that he said that I'm not going to 100% agree with. I love what he said, but you you have to look at the perception 
more so than reality. And that is when he said about the Attitude Era and now setting the mark at 35 miles an hour. Now, that is true in the world of the WWE, but that's certainly not true, true outside the world of the WWE. So if, if Cody was making that remarks about the WWE, he's 100% correct. You know, we always hear about the Attitude Era. Bully, on this show, we talk about the Attitude Era. Why? Because the fans won't let go of the Attitude Era. Whenever something is done, what do they always compare it to? Things that took place in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s. And I agree with Cody, when it comes to the WWE, it's hard for a lot of wrestlers to follow up on that because the miles per hour that they can go on that road is 35. But now what we're knowing and experiencing in this landscape and world outside of the WWE, there is no like parameter. There is no ceiling to what you're able to do creatively, in my opinion. Here's the thing. Who said, Cody said that they set the speed limit at 35. It seemed like Cody was talking about the Attitude Era guys, but then said that they set the speed limit at 35. During Cody's era, who set that speed limit at 35? Certainly wasn't the wrestlers. It was the company. Co- correct. It's creative. Okay. So if he, I believe that if he's going to take, take this out on anybody, it needs to be on the company. I don't think you should take it out on the Attitude Era wrestlers. And I'm not even quite sure if he's really doing that. It's a bit of a gray area. But when it comes to... It seems like he's making the comparison as I'm not I'm taking Dustin out not because I don't love Dustin but I want to take the Attitude Era out. Is beating Dustin Rhodes ever going to get rid of the Attitude Era? No. Is doing anything in wrestling ever going to get rid of the Attitude Era? No, but I will say this. At some point you have to move forward. You would agree, bully, that a lot of our fans haven't really I'm not saying that you have to let the attitude era go but you have to move forward and you have to evolve as fans as well now I know with the WWE a lot of times the WWE does not let you forget the attitude era because we we keep seeing Triple H in the ring we keep seeing the Undertaker and you and you have no choice but to compare it to what's going on now and it's hard to do that would you say that's correct as long as you still have those people coming back, it will always remind yes. people of the Attitude Era, yes. Now, he followed it up with, you know, a Kenny Omega Okada match. And that's true. I think fans will be able to, you know, move forward and move on from the Attitude Era when there's an option of pro wrestling that's going to excite them as much as the Attitude Era did. It's hard to do that in the WWE, but I think we've shown bully and I, I think we've tried to educate our audience that there is other organizations out there that maybe maybe can't match the attitude era in certain ways but can certainly get you excited like you were excited about you know from wrestling 15 20 years ago I think Cody did a phenomenal job with his comparisons and blurring the lines with his comparisons but like I said I don't think by beating Dustin <clears throat> you're you're killing off the attitude era and he mentioned like uh, is that is that really better than a Kenny versus Okada match? I, I I don't know. Look at look at Rock and Steve at WrestleMania 17. Look at Rock and Hogan at 18. Look at the electricity. Look at that feeling. You know, um, I I think Kenny and and uh, 
and Okada were able to do that with athleticism and wrestling moves, but Rocky and Hogan were able to do that just staring at one another. It's different, you know. Yeah, and, and both maybe successful re- in their own ways. Yes, very, very successful. But I like that that Cody acknowledged those things. I, I love that Cody acknowledged Triple H because it needed to be acknowledged. And I love that Cody is kind of throwing in that era against the era now. Sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to make a, a, a fight, a war between one era to another so that people can move on and move forward. Or do you think that's the wrong action to take? I'm going to go back to my old faithful. Was there ever a wrestling company that took on other wrestling companies? Yes, there was. Was, was there ever a wrestling company that acted like rebels that went after other wrestling companies? Yes, there was. And the name of the company? ECW. And that's what AEW is. And I always, when I do the comparison, I always get a, a boatload of shit from fans like, oh, you're trying to compare it to ECW, blah, blah. It's a compliment. Because what they're doing, especially in Cody's promo, is they're pointing the gun at others and saying, okay, fine. We're sick of you. We're moving on. That's what ECW did. And I commend these guys for, I mean, they're not ripping ECW off, but to dip into the formula. And they're doing it on a much bigger level. So in Cody's promo is going to work because on the surface, people are going, oh my God, he's going after the WWE. He's going after the Attitude Era. He makes some great points, but I could counter those points. Like he talked about the pipe bomb, right? That pipe bomb promo by Punk was was a was a huge moment, right? Yes. But was it a huger moment than any of Rocky's or Austin's promos? Okay, Austin 316 was the pipe bomb before the pipe bomb was the pipe bomb. That's true, but that that Punk promo on Monday Night Raw was extremely significant. Because but of they, the, but be- the establishment let it happen. They didn't let Austin 316 happen. Steve came up with that. I don't know if a, a lot of fans are aware of that or not. Oh, okay. Well, when it, when we're, it comes we're to honest, we're, 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 are you are you unhappy with my honesty? Uh, no, I'm I'm just, I'm just saying that there's people that may not be aware or 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 they look at that punk promo as organic, as coming from the hip, as speaking the truth, having that live mic in his hand. Now, whether whether it was whether it was approved or not, it's a place and time that you can go back to. I mean, to me, it was the it's without a doubt the most significant promo that I've heard on WWE TV in the last 15 years. What made it significant? Because it was a reflection of the time and it was a reflection of the product. Okay. It was it was right during the middle of the whole PG product and the John Cena era. And it was stale as stale could be. And here's CM Punk, who's up and coming, who's really the, the true fan is behind, and he's throwing out Ring of Honor and New Japan and Coke Cabana and Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. I mean, at that time, Bully, again, if the punk promo happened today, it wouldn't be as significant. But when that took place, you know, eight years ago, that promo was extremely significant because you never thought you would see or hear that from a WWE wrestler on a show like Monday Night Raw. So, yes, 
it, it to me it was groundbreaking, especially at that time. And you know, to go back to Triple H and what he said at the Hall of Fame, we've played it many times on this show. Triple H, when we interviewed him, he didn't think that promo was very significant. He said, "Hey, ten years ago during the Attitude Era, you heard that every single week." And you wouldn't even have lifted your head if you heard or saw that promo back then. But it's not about the attitude of it. It's about the significance and the timing of it more than anything else. Did it really shake things up? I think it did. Because you saw the emergence of CM Punk and you saw the emergence of somebody like Daniel Bryan. I could be completely off and completely wrong, Bully. But I don't know if you get the moment of Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 if it wasn't for the CM Punk pipe bomb promo. You might very well be correct, but when I look at things from an organic point of view and how they changed or made people feel, I got to tell you, listening to Cody's promo did more for me than the Punk promo. Listening to Austin 316 did more for me than the punk promo. Now, as an ECW guy, I loved the punk promo because the verbiage was so real, but it was also controlled. Austin's wasn't. Cody's wasn't. Cody firing these shots to me is a lot. I love it so much more because it came from his mind and out of his mouth. Not to say that what Punk said did not come out of his mind and come out of his mouth, but it had to have been controlled. Well, looking back at it now, obviously you're right, Bully. But at the time... I get it. When that took place, you didn't know any of that. At the time when it was... Well, Dave, stop. I mean, I mean... Dave, you're an educated wrestling fan, and we we try to toe the line here, but you know damn well... Dave, would they have allowed that to go on for as long as it went on if he was going into business for himself? No, they wouldn't have. But coming out of that, coming out of that promo, I got to be honest with you, bully, because I know from taking phone calls from the audience the next day, because we had a show the next day after that, people were not sure. You're right. There was two sides of the argument. You know, this is Monday Night Raw. Everything is segmented. Everything, they know everything that's about to happen. They left that microphone in his hand and kept it live. So obviously what you're saying is right, but it was so good and so unlike anything you saw, Bully, it left doubt in your mind because you didn't see anything that was even close to that. Agreed. And that's what uh, made it so exciting. I, I I will agree with you on those points, and, and, you, and I'm not taking away from anything that that promo was i appreciated it i got it but i like the cody promo better i can understand that too i i I don't i I, listen i don't like i said i don't think by beating dustin Rhodes you're killing off the attitude era it's one of the greatest eras in in history and i believe aew is now looking to create their own attitude era Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 